sometimes we're so used to the to the things of God and what a blessing that is. And uh, we're so used to that, we don't think of little things like, yes, he still came. <laughs> he didn't have to, but he did. We're thankful for that. And uh, I was looking for something. I'm not texting or anything. There's a, a verse that came to my mind I've got to find before I... Uh, before I lose it, and uh, uh, anyway, yeah, I found it, okay. All right, Genesis chapter 17, uh, kind of a neat part of the part of scripture here, and uh, to watch how God deals, how God deals with us when mistakes come, and the title of the message tonight is, you've messed up, now what? Now what are you going to do? And so, in Genesis chapter uh, 16, Genesis chapter 17, we're going to look at that. But there are times that come into our life when we get out of the will of God. I may not be something horrendous like you murdered somebody or anything like that. But there are definitely times that we, we get out of the will, will of God. We, I think all of us are, are quite personally familiar with that song, in that one line in that song, Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the one I love. And it happens in our life. We make decisions at times that are against the will of God. And they seem to put us, they can seem to put us in jeopardy, the plans that God has for us. But, uh, but uh, you know, that's not always the case. Sometimes it is. But, you know, I'm so thankful how often God comes to us in these times and does a work of healing. How many, how many remember the day you got saved? Amen? How many remember that time that you got saved? You remember what it was like to be forgiven? You remember what it was like to have a clean slate? You remember what it was like when all things had been made new? And what a wonderful time that was. And they, and they, really, they, they really were. And uh, things changed in your life, maybe. Maybe you didn't grow up in a church in that type of a setting, and the day you got saved, and, and then after that you realized, boy, I kind of like being at church. I kind of like preaching. I kind of like this music I've never sang before. I, I, I'm kind of enjoying being around God's people. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm enjoying, don't ask me how, but I'm enjoying this hard preaching that causes me to get right with God. I don't get it. The world looks at you like you're nuts, right? And you're like, oh no, this is good. This is a wonderful thing. They're like, what are you crying about? You would never understand understand it. You couldn't understand. Well, you could if you would, but you won't, but you can. Yeah. yeah. You're in love with your new life, right? You're in love with the things where God was doing with your life and where he was taking you and, and what he was changing and the things that were going on. It was just a wonderful, wonderful time in your life. Everything was new and clean and you had some hope again. You had joy again. And, uh, <clears throat> and uh, I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, you could just, you could meditate on it and Ponder it day in and day out. You could, it never got old. It never got old. And God's good, amen? He is. And maybe you're still there tonight, and that's a wonderful thing. Maybe you're just on the upward way, just, you know, climbing higher and higher and getting closer to the Lord every day. But if you're like a lot of us in here, maybe you're not, the, I mean, not that you're saying you're not there tonight, but there have been times in our life when that, 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 that closeness that we had with God has not always stayed there. It has wavered. And maybe life has moved on because of a lack of maturity in the Word of God. Maybe there's some things that have come up because you've made mis mistakes. And maybe you've done some things that you just thought you would never do as a child of God. Maybe because of the underestimation of the flesh, 
right? How many have ever underestimated the power of the flesh, amen? And the sway that it has, you found yourself in some areas that you never thought you'd find yourself in again. And, you know, maybe, maybe you were aware of a distinct direction that God had for your life and was leading in, but, uh, but uh, all along that way that God was leading, something happened, something came in. Uh, something uh, came into the life, something you might have said messed things up, and uh, you wonder, well, what do we do now? Well, we got good news. I got good news for you tonight. Abraham messed up a few times, right? We have, we have, we have, uh, we're in good company in the Word of God of those who have messed up. But I want to look at tonight, though, is what God told Abraham afterward. I want to look at this and what God did after this, this problem, and it was a big problem. Let me tell you this. We'll see it here in a minute. But it was such a big problem. We're still, 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 not still, still dealing with it today. The world is dealing with it. And so I want to look at that. Abraham's walk with God, it was a real walk, friend. Uh, listen, God came to Abraham. He believed God. The Bible said that Abraham believed God. It was accounted unto him for righteousness. He had a, he had a relationship with God. God was real to Abraham. God spoke to, spoke to Abraham when he was in Haran. He appeared to Abraham when he had built the altar at Canaan at Bethel. Uh, God had spoke to him when he returned to Bethel. God spoke to him in a, in a vision after he had that war trying to rescue, uh, rescue Lot from the, that war in Sodom and Gomorrah. God made promises to Abraham. In chapter 15, God made a covenant with Abraham when he divided the animals and they walked through the, uh, the, the, the lantern and, the, and the, the, the furnace, walking through, making a covenant with Abraham. And, and listen, at, what I'm saying is that every step of the way, Abraham believed God. He had a relationship with God. And, and really, in most of all of Abraham's life, I mean, Abraham was like this Christian superhero, Right? He's just, he just really seems to do so much right. He did so much right, he even brought his own son up to the mountains of Moriah to offer him up. Right? Wow, that's an incredible thing. He trusted God so much. He believed God so much. It was in, in its, in its a, a wonderful thing to look at the life of Abraham, but he also messed up too. In chapter 16, Abram's about 85 years old. God had promised him a son and he hadn't come yet, right? He hadn't come. He's getting older and older and older. They couldn't handle the weight anymore. Remember Sunday school this morning? Got the journey. God brings us on a journey. He'll bring us to a place of waiting, right? The journey is, is the building and the preparing for the waiting. And as the children of Israel waited at the, at the foot of Mount Sinai, they didn't go towards God. They went to the flesh and they messed up. Here Abraham and Sarah are in a place of waiting on God. God has made the promise. God has made himself known to Abraham. It was unmistakable, but they couldn't handle the weight anymore. Sarah couldn't handle the weight anymore. And they made a bad decision, right? What happened? Well, three people got outside their jurisdiction and a decision was made that not only affected that family, yeah, it's affected the world ever since. Can I tell you tonight, the family of Isaac and the family of Ishmael are still fighting tonight. We see it all over the Middle East. It's still the same family feud going on. It hasn't changed. And so here he is. They got out of the will of God. 
Sarah talks. We know what happened. I'm going to give you a quick overview here because uh, we're going to move, try to move quickly through this. But Sarah uh, convinced Abraham to marry Hagar, their, 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 one, of their, uh, uh, one of their servants there that Sarah had. And uh, he agrees to it. And wouldn't you know, Hagar has a child. We understand this. We know this story. It is, but it is not the son that God promised Abraham. Because the son that God promised Abraham was going to come through Sarah and nobody else. But here God is still involved. Uh, Sarah has enough of this. I mean, Ishmael has too much attention. Sarah is jealous, wants her to send away. And Abraham goes, do what you want with her, right? She's your servant. So she sends her out. And there's a little, there is, uh, there is Hagar and little Ishmael and out in the wilderness, God, God gives, is involved. He tells Hagar to name the son Ishmael. Do you know what Ishmael means? It means God hears. God hears. See, chapter 16 closes out with Ishmael uh, being born while Abraham is about 86 years old. Listen, Abra- listen God was real to Abraham. But he made a bad decision. It happens, doesn't it? No, you know, it's not somebody who denies God. It's not somebody who says, I don't want anything to do with God. It's not somebody who says, I've never had a, 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 had a time in my life when I've come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. No, no, it's, that's not the issue. This is somebody that is saved and they're born again and they are, that God is real to them, but they messed up. And as we look into chapter 17, God is going to appear to Abram. Now look at verse 1. I just read this. And when Abram was 90, uh, 90 years old and 9, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk with me and be thou perfect. Now, um, God had appeared to Abraham. This is the first time he has appeared to him uh, for, for quite some time. The first time was back at Bethel in Canaan when he made the altar there. He had spoken to him and told him that he was supposed to leave Haran. Now notice Abraham's age. He's 99 years old. It's been over 23 years since Abram, uh, since God had appeared to Abram at Bethel. So watch, in the first 10 years of Abram's sojourn with God, God spoke to him four times. The last time that God appeared to Abram was in chapter 15 when he cut that covenant. That was 14 years earlier. So watch this. God has never, had not spoken to Abraham during that period of time that Abraham had married Hagar and Ishmael was born. God had not spoken to him. He didn't say stop. He didn't say don't go there. He didn't say what are you doing? He could have. He had that relationship with him. But listen... He messed up. And chapter 17 marks the longest period of time Abram ever went without any communication with God. This is the first time that God is speaking since Abram has messed up. Have you ever gotten in trouble in school and had to go to the principal's office? Have you ever gotten in trouble and had to wait till your dad got home? That was cruel. And necessary punishment. <laughs> Abram has a problem. Watch, he's been living with it for 13 years and God hasn't said a word. Yeah. 
it seems to be that David went about a year before Nathan showed up after Bathsheba and Uriah. My aunt would wait till the very end of supper when, the, when my cousins thought all was clear and say, well, boys, you want to tell your dad what you did today? <laughs> oh, yeah, I was fearing that house. God hasn't said anything. No, sometimes the silence is worse than just the chastising and the tongue lashing and the whipping or what. It's like, just get it over with. I can't handle the silence, right? It's a terrible thing. Yeah. Ishmael. Ishmael. God told Hagar, name him Ishmael. God hears. God hears. Yeah. God heard the cry of Ishmael, of Hagar, 16 and verse 11. He heard her cry. And he said, name him Ishmael. God hears. God hears. God knows. God was aware. Hey, he remember, he wasn't... All, this morning in Sunday school, he might not seem like he's present, but he is. He's fully aware. Hey, you might be in a place in life where you're not where you thought you would be. You thought you'd be further along or better or doing, doing something better. And maybe even you're in a place of life where it seems like God isn't present. But I can tell you, listen, he's, he is. He absolutely is. For, for 13 years, Abram, think about this. For 13 years, Abram is going to be reminded every time he speaks his son's name. Ishmael, hey, God hears, come here. God hears, where are you? <laughs> right? God hears. That's Every time he called his name Ishmael, I mean, Abram is reminded, he had been reminded for all these times that God hears, God hears. God heard the cry of the Egyptian servant. And he, listen, he would have heard Abram's cry if he had stopped and inquired at God about this whole plan that Sarah had came up with that was out of his will. Can I listen? This is where we get messed up sometimes. Sometimes we just don't go to the Lord, right? And say, What do you think about this? What, what do you think about it? Listen, He hears. Yeah, He absolutely does. 13 years, Abram is waiting for God to speak, reminded every day as He talks to His son of His sin. Yeah. But thankfully, in verse 1, God does speak. You know, when sin comes into our life, many times it's because we've neglected some elementary principles that we should have applied to our life. Some elementary ones. When God finally speaks to Abram here in chapter 17, he is going to deal with three basic principles here. Three basic principles. If you'll notice, these basic principles, as I'm going to show you here in a minute, are, they, they are necessary in our own life as well. And, and kind of like Abram, we need to be reminded of them every once in a while. So as God is coming here in chapter 17 and reminding Abram of a few of three, three things that we see here, and in the same way, he's reminding us tonight of these things as well. No, you might not be in the place of being messed up, but hopefully tonight will help you not to get there, right? And if you are in a place where you say, boy, I've messed up, this will help you as well where to get back to. So look at verse 1, what God says. When Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram. It's been several years now, 13 years. And said unto him, well, over that, but it's been 13 years since Ishmael was born. And said unto him, I am the almighty God. 
That word Almighty there in the Hebrew is the word Shaddai. El Shaddai meaning most powerful, God most powerful, specifically speaking of Jehovah God. And the very first thing that God reiterates and reestablishes to Abram is, watch this, who he is. He said, I am God. I am God Almighty. Why would he have to remind him that? Well, maybe, just possibly, he's reminding him of who he is because he is also reminding him of the promise that was made him, right? God made Abraham a promise, and just because it hadn't come to pass yet, just because he was living in a silent time, just because he was living in a waiting period, it doesn't mean that God ever reneges on his promise. Amen? I'm thankful for that tonight. Yet God told him, I am the Almighty God. I am most powerful. I am creator. I am sustainer. I am the one who spoke the world into existence. I am the one that formed you out of the dust. I called you from your family. I gave you this land. I made a covenant with you. I have promised you a lineage. This is the Almighty God that he has a relationship with. And God just starts out by reminding him. Who he is. Who he is. I like that. Can I tell you when sin comes into your life? This is step number one. We need to be reminded who God is. Hey, and what he's done in your life. You say, boy, I've messed up. But can I remind you? It was God who created us. And it was also God who redeemed us. It is God who is the final authority in our life. He is, the, he is the El Shaddai. He is the Almighty God. Daniel said in 5.23, he told uh, Belshazzar, the, the God in whose hand thy breath is and are all thy ways, hast thou not glorified? Oh, no, listen, Belshazzar, he knew. His dad, Nebuchadnezzar, had even said on further that he, he knew of God by his father, Nebuchadnezzar, who had gotten saved. And Daniel said, you haven't glorified him and you knew better. Hey, listen to me tonight. Our breath and all of our ways are in the very hand of God. Don't forget who He is tonight. He is the Almighty God. Notice what He says secondly. He said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me. Walk before me. This word walk here is, is to live a manner of life. To live a certain way. Notice this what He says before me. Before me. Before what? Before God's face. I am the Almighty God. I am the one that saved you. I am the one that has rescued you. I am the one that has given you promises. I am the one that sustains you and that holds you in my hand. Walk before me. Live your life as you would be living before my face. I wonder how we'd live differently if the face of God was visible and we walked in front of Him every day. Could you imagine getting up in the morning and He's there? Visibly? Walking through the day and he's there visibly? Well, he is, right? But could you imagine how it would change what we did and what we said and how we, how we uh, gave somebody the stink eye and how we cut somebody off and how we, you know, whatever, fill in the blank that you might do if you don't think anybody's looking, right? Could you imagine? Yeah. You get ready to go, well, let me tell you. Oh, oh, hey, Lord. <laughs> Never mind. God bless you. <laughs> right? It would change. Absolutely it would. 
God tells uh, Abraham, you've messed up, okay? Don't forget, I'm God. Now watch, live on a daily basis as I'm walking before you. How did he get into his trouble? Well, listen, the three amigos got together and came up with this great plan to have a son by this Egyptian, by, by Hagar, which was out of the will of God. Why, how did they get there? Because they weren't walking as they were walking in front of the, before the face of God. A dog we had, Sherry's beloved dog, uh, who belongs to somebody else in the family now. <laughs> but our dog Otto, O-T-T-O, Otto, he a uh, smart dog, he was. And she had trained him to put, she'd put food in the bowl or whatever it was. She'd train him to, she'd say, sit down. And she'd say, now stay. And then she'd wait. She'd say, wait, wait. Right? You know what most dogs do? We've done this before. Most dogs will look at the bowl. They'll look at whatever's on the floor. And they're waiting for the Remember Lottie. We'd throw the bacon. She loved bacon. And I'd be like, wait. And she'd get, oh, and I'd be like, okay. And she'd like peel out, you know, and go out. It was awesome. Right? One time she went up and flipped. It was just, it was awesome. She was so excited. But Otto would look at her. He never looked at the bowl. He never looked at whatever's on the floor. He would watch her and wait to see when she said, okay, and he would, poof, and he would go. I thought, wow, isn't that wonderful? What our life would be like if we, look, if, we watch, if we lived our life watching the face of God, waiting for direction, every move. That, this is what God is telling Abram. You've messed up. Now here's what you need to do. Remember, I'm God. Watch me. Watch me. I didn't tell you to marry Hagar. Right? Watch me. Well, you should have said something. I didn't have to because I promised you a son through Sarah. So why would I do this? Yeah. I am God. I am God. Who are your, who are your eyes fixed on tonight? Are they on the world? Are they on government? Well, that's a losing battle. Are they on your bank account? Are they, on, are, are they on your preparations? You've been wise and made preparations? Yeah. Or are they on the Lord? Yeah. One of the richest men ever to live understood that when you have your eyes on money, it takes wings and it flies away, Solomon said. Right? Yeah. Where are your eyes tonight? Who are, you, who, who are your eyes fixed on tonight? Hopefully they're fixed upon the Lord. Yeah. I am the Lord thy God. I, I'm sorry, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me. Walk before me. How do we do that? Well, in our prayer life. How do we walk before the face of God? Well, in our Bible reading. Our prayer life, when we speak to Him, our Bible reading, when He speaks to us. Making sure we're faithful to the house of God. Why? Because God chose the foolishness of preaching to save. Because God, God chose a method to get the word out. Watch, in these areas, this is how we walk before the face of God. They're all areas of obe obedience. And watch, when we're not obeying in these areas, we are, watch, we are in effect looking away from God. And watch, when you look away from God, you will be looking at something else. Yeah. So number one, God is God. Number two, walk, live your life 
with your eyes constantly fixed upon God. And then finally, look at this, number three. Be thou perfect. Be thou perfect. Now the word be is a command, we know that. Thou is singular, he was talking to Abram. He wasn't, listen, he wasn't talking to Sarah. He wasn't talking to Hagar here. I mean, it still applies to us, obviously. We have all through the Word of God. This would apply to us. But he's speaking to Abram, the head of his household. He's saying, you, Abram, be thou perfect. What does perfect mean? Thankfully, it doesn't mean the perfection that we're thinking of without error. Perfect means complete, whole, sound, mature. A la- watch, a lack of maturity is the impetus of many sins. Many sins. There's a reason why children act like children, right? Because <laughs> they're immature. Right? Proverbs says, Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction drives it quickly from him, drives it far from him. Yeah. God tells Abraham, be perfect. Be mature. What's he telling him? Grow up. Just grow up, Abram. Grow up. God is God. Number one, God is God. Number two, look at me. Number three, Abram, grow up. Grow up and watch me. Those of you who have had children, how many of you said these words? Look at me. I'm talking. (laughs) Look at me. Why? Children don't want to do that. Why? They're not mature. They're not mature. How many have had to teach your children? Now, when you shake your hand, their hand, you look at them when you shake their hand. <laughs> oh, I've had to say that a couple times. You know, they'll do this. Yeah. Maturity. Maturity. So you've messed up. Now what? Now what? Well, God is God. Put him back. Hey, watch. Put him back as number one. Put him back as number one. Number two, just look, watch them, look at them. Don't take your eyes off of them this time. Keep your eyes on them. Number three, grow up. Now watch, watch this order. Would you notice this order? If God isn't God, you're not going to look at Him. If you're not looking at God, you're not going to grow up. If you don't grow up, your life's going to be marked by immaturity and sin. So it's a, it's a great order that we have here. Don't, see, don't miss this. God says that He was... He was, uh, God, I'm sorry, God didn't say that he was through with Abraham. God, all that God had to do is come in, he had to come in and realign some things so that he could move forward again. He wasn't done with them. Those people, some people get the idea, well, God's done, I've just gone too far, I've done too much, I've said too much, I've whatever, fill in the blank, whatever the problem is, I have gone too far. No, this wasn't the case here. No, yes, God had to wait some time. He left Abram in some uh, silence, just like he left Peter for a time, but he eventually came back to him on a personal level and he dealt with him. He wasn't there to destroy him. He was there to lift him up and to make him usable again. I love in Isaiah 42, 3, a bruised reed shall he not break and a smoking flax shall he not quench. He shall bring forth judgment unto truth. I love this, this, uh, this revelation of the nature and the care of God. That, that listen, when you're, you are bruised, God doesn't come along and go, oh, wow, look at that. Okay. <clears throat> I'm done with you. 
I'm thankful when he comes up to us and, and the, the fire isn't burning brightly and the, 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 the light isn't just taken off. He doesn't go, yeah, done with you. We'll just snuff you out the rest of the way. No, he doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. You've messed up. What do you do next? Well, remember that God is God. Keep, wait, turn your eyes upon Jesus and look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Just look at him. Watch him. You know what will happen? You'll start growing up. <laughs> You'll start maturing. In verses 2 through 8, God reiterates the covenant that he made with him. Verses 2 through 8, he goes through it again. What's he saying? I'm not done with you. I'm not done. Just because the sins come into your life. Hey, listen to me tonight. Just because something's come into your life, it doesn't mean God's done with you. Absolutely not. You say, well, I, I can't have this position in the church. Okay, fine. But there's like a thousand other things you can do, right? Well, I, I can't do that. Well, fine. Well, here's this, right? God isn't done with you. He's not done. He's just trying to get some things back in order in your life. He's just trying to get some things lined up again so he can use you again. Absolutely. You might be living at a place right now in your life, and you know it, you haven't heard from God in years. No, you, you remember what it used to be like, the closeness, but you haven't heard from Him. Well, today's the day. God's spoken. He's spoken. And He's telling you tonight what you need to do. Remember who He is. Remember who He is. Get your eyes put on Him. Turn back and start looking at Him. Get it. Get back in a prayer life. Get back, get back in, your, in the Word of God. Get back in attending like you ought to attend. Be involved in everything, right? And, uh, and grow up. Well, I thought it was going to be like this. Well, sorry, cupcake. It's not. <laughs> right? The Christian life's tough. It's not an easy life. I don't know who told you it would be, but it's tough. It absolutely is. You know what I'm thankful? Uh, what, what's the old saying? Right? There's something, you know, I don't know what it was. Now, now I forgot it. Something about being hard. Man. Oh, well, whatever. You know what it is. Hopefully. Yeah. yeah. Anything that has any value, right, it's going to cost something. It's going to, yeah, absolutely it does. But I'm thankful. Thankful for the joy and the peace and the contentment, the presence of God. Absolutely. I don't know where you are tonight. Maybe you messed up 35 years ago. Maybe you messed up 50 years ago. Maybe you messed up 20 years ago. Maybe and you've, it just seems like you've never gotten over it. Listen tonight. God is telling you. you listen, he, he, has a, he has a purpose for you. He has a use for you. And he wants to put you back. Absolutely. He's God. He loves you. He died for you. He wants you. Right? Amen. Keep your eyes on him. Keep your eyes on them and uh, begin to mature in the Lord. Absolutely. Our Father, tonight, thank you for the word. Sadly, it comes a part of the Christian life. Sin comes into our life at times. Some people come into great sin. Such great sin, they think that everything's over and there's nothing left for them to be able to do. 
Lord, I don't know if anybody in this room has ever brought such great sin into their life that has actually altered the world, altered the world for the next 4,000 years. Abram really messed up. And Father, I'm thankful tonight that number one, you always come and deal with us personally. And Lord, you just don't kick us out. You had something to teach us tonight. And Father, I don't know where everybody's at. But Lord, I just ask your Holy Spirit to do the work tonight. Encourage those that need it. Strengthen those that are going to need it down the road. And maybe those that are living at a place, they're, they're close to you and, they're, and, and they're just, their eyes are fixed upon you and they're mature. Uh, Lord, would you help them tonight that we would be reminded to stay right where we are and, not, and to be careful not to veer from that. Lord, however, whatever you need to do tonight, we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Stand with me, would if you would, tonight. The instrument's going to play. The invitation is open. And some time for you to spend with the Lord. Have the Lord has spoken to you. Are you watching them? Are your eyes on them? How's your Bible reading? How's your prayer life? How's your attendance? Are your eyes fixed on the Lord? Are you maturing in the Lord? Are you growing up? One of the most sad things to see is an adult is an, is an adult that's completely and totally immature. I think worse than that is a child of God saved for 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years and still immature in the things of God. What a sad thing to see. It was in the silent times, it was in the quiet times that God wasn't speaking that Abram and Sarah got out of the will of God. Just wait on them, would you? you're convinced tonight that the Lord loves you. He's uh, wildly crazy about you. And uh, he wants you to keep your eyes on him and wants us to grow up. <laughs> Amen. Well, let's be dismissed in a word of prayer tonight. And uh, we will be back Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. I'm running through my head here. Don't forget the sign-up sheets in the back. If you have not signed up for a journal and you'd like one, a Bible reading journal, and uh, they're back there, and uh, go ahead and sign up for that. And then also for um, the Christmas dinner coming up, get your name on that, bring something yummy or not yummy or whatever. So, but no, that would be good. Okay, we're going to be closing the word of prayer, and uh, Brother Davidson, would you close us in prayer tonight?